guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Oxford Holy Club. Glad that you have chosen us, your podcast of choice. Absolutely. You have forsaken all others and you have only subscribed here. Make sure you tell a friend. Do we start that right off the bat? Probably not. I'll save that for the end. Uh, This week, we are joined by two guests and they're sitting across the table from me right now. And uh, and so let's give a big club welcome to returning guest, uh, teenager Joey D. Welcome, Joey. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. You? Well, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Nice to have you back on the show. Looking forward to some conversation this evening. Some goofs, some seriousness, and hopefully no more coughing fits from you. Mucho goof, mucho cough. I'm ready. Okay, well, we're in for whatever comes our way. Was that Spanish? A little bit. Only a little bit, though. Are you bilingual? No. Oh, okay. I I barely know English, let's be real. Have you heard me talk? Well, anyway... uh, also making his Oxford Holy Club debut straight from the sound room from the episode where we had those Guatemalan mission people. Uh, he was doing the sound and recording. Make a big welcome. I don't know why I'm stuck on this voice. <laughs> <clears throat> big Oxford Holy Club. Welcome to Caden M. Teenager Caden. Welcome. Woo. Hello. How are you this evening? I'm great. How are you? I'm warm. Uh, what's the temperature in here? It says right in the corner there. Not Too warm, that's what. 28 degrees Celsius. Uh, it's 28 degrees Celsius in this room. And what's the humidity? It's the bigger number. Uh, 58. 58. disgusting. More than half the air is water in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're swimming in it. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Looking forward to a great episode with you. Uh, this will be my first episode that I have recorded since doing this uh, where I will be beardless. <gasps> I have shaven. The The beard has been shone. Sean? Sean. Sean. Shaven. Shaven. It has. It, it doth been shaven. It's been buzzed. It's. Yeah. I, uh, so it all started, fellas. I parted my hair on the other side today, something I haven't done in quite a while. And it, it just gave me this like crazy idea of I'm, I'm up for something different. Joey, you're looking at me with a look. What's that look? Are you sure that's different from how you had it before? hundred percent. I'm almost positive you had it that way before. I, when I first moved here six years ago, my hair was parted. I would take it from the left side of my face and bring it to the right. I'm not crazy. What? No. Yeah. Cause you'd have the... Greased over. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then partway through my ministry here, just felt, you know, just felt that, like it was the time to part my hair the other way. How many listeners do you think we've lost thus far? All of them. All right. I'm so confused. Hopefully we've still maintained number, fan number one and fan number two. Woo! Um, Robo man number two. <laughs> oh dear. That, that's a, that's a deep cut from, uh, from a musical that we were all, Involved with, except for Joey. Yeah, anyway, Joey. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I parted my hair on the other side, and all day I just saw myself. I'm like, I remember when I used to look like this, but I didn't have a beard. And so then I thought, you know what? When I go home, it's going off. And that's exactly what I did. It was a huge spectacle. The kids watched. I shaved it though, uh, not just directly off. I took the sides off, 
and left this massive goatee that went way down to it looked like a big exclamation mark. And you didn't leave it? I didn't. Ugh. I didn't leave it. It was quick to go. I was going to try to leave the mustache, but no one wanted that, myself included. Anyway, I digress. That's not why we're here. Uh, so, guys, we have a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to get back on track with the Wesley questions and uh, and also uh, some conversation. We actually have a question that's come in from a listener, and so we're looking forward to having some discussion on that. But as we do at the Oxford Holy Club, we love to start things off just a little on the light side. Uh, well, this first question comes from Yahoo, uh, as they do. And uh, the question before us is, what keeps you awake at night? The impending fear of death. Holy smokes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you have Jesus, which means you go to heaven when you're exactly. dead. Exactly. Mansion in heaven. Yeah. It's a trade-off. Get Jesus, people. You can sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought of how weird that lullaby is where it's like... Uh, uh, now I lay me... Down to sleep. Pray my... I, what is it? Pray my... I pray... Lord, I, my soul, soul to keep. Yeah. If, if I, I... Like Tim Hawkins, uh, not a sponsor, but Tim, <laughs> if, if you want... Tim, if you're out there and you're listening, listen, I will happily use your music for intro and outro and whatever else. But Tim Hawkins does a bit and he's like, um, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Okay, night night, see you in the morning, kids. And then just like <laughs> pass them and he's gone. Uh, yeah, that's a creepy prayer. I can't tell if I prefer it that way or like I had a teddy bear when I was a kid. I like it that way. See, I, I feel like it's less uh, menacing that. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I feel like it's less menacing that way because like it at least matches the tone. But <laughs> we're losing Caden over here. <laughs> uh, I made a reference to maybe a Backstreet Boy or an InSync song. <laughs> Joey pushed through, but Caden was like turning red and he was looking like he was ready to burst. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so we really got to answer this because this person wants to know what keeps us up at night, which is kind of an awkward, like an odd question. Why do you think they're asking the question? Are they up at night? Maybe. Undiagnosed sleep apnea. Oh, I know why. Because they're up at night. They're awake at night because they're on Yahoo Answers in the middle of the ah. night posting a question. No wonder they can't Meta. sleep. Yeah. And make sure you get in front of that microphone, Caden, so we get that sweet, that sweet better? audio. Much better, actually. Okay. That's incredibly better. Yeah. Let me tweak things there. Okay, let's try that. Uh, what keeps me up at night are my children. <laughs> I, lo I love you, kids, if you're listening. Um, Harmony had a fever last night, not for cowbell, but like a legit fever, like 103. And so we were giving her. What? Uh, we better were, than a fever for Saturday night. We were giving her, uh, you know, the, the Tylenol Advil run and trying to get that fever down. Um, but in the night she woke up and there was like this little tiny bug in the bed. And so we couldn't go to sleep until that was dealt with. And the cat got in between us and what a disaster. So my children, my children keep me up at night. They keep my wife up at night. They keep the cat up at night. But what about you guys? Give me an answer for what keeps you up at night besides the fear of impending death. Warm weather. Like when my room is too hot, I'm just miserable. Like even this weather now, your office. Yeah, not fun. I'm not having fun despite the laughter. Uh, it's no fun. 
No funny. Not funny. Not funny. <laughs> oh. Okay, Joey, what about you? Um, I agree with Caden, but I feel like that'd just be a boring answer. So I'm going to stick with my answer of death. Ah. But remember, you have Jesus. That's fair. That's a fair point. What keeps me up at night? Sleep apnea. Next question. Uh, okay. The next question is, do you prefer mayonnaise or butter for your sandwiches? Neither. Short and sweet. Okay. Well, it depends on the sandwich, but I found that mayonnaise seems to be more versatile. It is definitely the safer choice. But butter is good too. And a lot of times you can put both on. Um, now, I did a little bit of looking while, uh, while we were talking with this. Listener, for those of you that feel like this might have been a, a rough jump in, in our audio, this is like the fourth time we've tried to answer this question without losing control. Uh, this thing has become a runaway train for us. It's a topic we are all quite uh, opinionated on. Um, so I went and did a quick Google search about the differences between mayo and butter, which I obviously, I know I have a fridge. I, I have them both in it. Um, but a quick Google search led me to a website called prevention.com. Not the best of signs. Um, so we're already into prevention. So settle the argument, please. Which is better for you, mayo or butter? Um, both are calorie and fat dense spreads that should be used in moderation. S sounds like sounds like me. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> uh, that, that we lost it on that one a lot. <laughs> no, we had a good take, but then it was ruined. Yeah, uh, but apparently, apparently, according to the American Diabetic Association, uh, your better bet is mayo because it contains, fellas. Did you know this? Less saturated fat than butter, and that's what I appreciate about it. That's what you was appreciates about it. Mm. Um, now, listen to this. Dare I say, make the switch to light mayo. Tastes the same, and your pants fit better. I it have doesn't taste the same. Don't think so. Have you tried it? Uh, light. I think light so. mayo. Is this going to be I our next so. ghost pepper sauce? Oh my. Okay, fellas, the next question and the last one before we get into our listener question comes from Yahoo as well. This one I added, not because it's so funny, but because the wording is very interesting and I, I think there's time travel involved. This person writes, we're you alive in the 1970s. Now, I think what they were trying to say is, were you alive in the 1970s? Because that's how everybody answered this question on Yahoo Answers. They're like, yeah, I was. Or no, I wasn't. That was basically the two responses. But I think the English language gives us a clue here because the word they used is W-E apostrophe R-E, which means we are. So fellas, this sentence literally says, we are you alive in the 1970s. They put their comma in the wrong place. It should have been uh, we are you comma alive in the 1970s, but they somehow put it in the air in between we are. Right. It, that's called an apostrophe yep. when, when it's up there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now when it's a misplaced comma, <laughs> then it's just a misplaced comma. So I guess my question then is are we, the three of us right now, Alive in the 1970s, sending a message through Yahoo Answers to try and reach out and bring ourselves home. Was Yahoo Answers around in the 70s? I was just thinking it as I was saying Al it. Al Gore hadn't invented the internet yet. Hadn't oh. he? 
So mm-hmm. that that theory is busted. All right. Well, I wasn't alive in the seventies. You two gentlemen certainly weren't. Allegedly. And to the <laughs> to the best of my ability, we are not time traveling to the seventies and sending a message ahead. So you have now solved my Yahoo Answers puzzle. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Now we have a listener question, and uh, and Joey, this one came quite early on. And we just haven't had a chance to get you back in to do some recording. Uh, but the question was specifically to you. And it was, uh, they had heard that you were learning Greek and enjoying learning the language. So they asked, what is Joey's favorite Greek word and why? Now, I've prepared a whole thing about salad dressings and different salads. Um, but I don't think that that's what they meant. So, I mean, you just took my answer, so. Shoot. <laughs> so, Joe, why don't you talk to us about what your favorite um Greek word is and why? Um, I have two favorites. Uh, one of them for theological reasons and the other one just because it's real fun to say. Um, I'll start off with the fun one to say. Uh, it's the Greek word that we derive uh, the gospel from, the good news, and it's euangelion. Um, euangelion. And that's where we get the good news from. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff behind that, but I just really love saying that word. Um, but my favorite actual uh, Greek word uh, in terms of just like significance to the uh, to the Bible as a whole would have to be a Greek word called pistis. Um, this is a Greek word, as you may have guessed by the context of this conversation. <laughs> yep, with you. <ya. laughs> um, and so pistis is where we derive the word faith from. Um, and faith has changed its uh, its meaning over the years. Um, faith now is usually understood as being a word that is um, basically believing in something without any kind of proof. It's uh, contra science. It's um, basically if science is saying here's all the evidence and everything, uh, faith would be on the other side of things saying there's no proof for it. So that's why you always hear you, you hear the argument of science verse versus faith. Yep, as though the two can't be together exactly okay so that's the definition that we have now is that yep. those are those are opposite and opposed to each other yep i've certainly heard that one all right um and so that's really not a battle that we need to fight um because the word pistis doesn't have the same meaning that faith has now um there's a lot of people when they read the bible they don't nothing it doesn't really click in their head that this was written 2000 years ago in uh rome and in around that area and so um, there's a lot of uh, variation in words as time progresses and as cultures change. Um, so pistis in its Greco-Roman uh, context would have meant more along the lines of um, allegiance and loyalty rather than uh, belief in something without any kind of proof. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, and so that's, uh, that's why you don't need to draw that battle between science and faith because... Uh, when you look at the the context of the word when it was actually used and what science is now, it's it it's the it's a fight you don't need to fight because they're saying two different things. Um, so a perfect example of it is in First uh, Maccabees Maccabees ten twenty five to twenty eight. Joe, did you just say the book of Maccabees? Yeah, it's um it's not included in uh the, your regular Bible, your regular sixty six books, um and it's. Even mentioning first and second Maccabees, you'll get a lot of uh, side eyes and smirks from uh, the Protestant side of the church. Um, we don't include first and second Maccabees in the sixty-six books um, for one reason or another, but they're still very good history resources. Um, they still tell of stories from the past that are good for 
um, learning from. And the, like what we would what we would call them in the church is apocryphal books. Yeah. Um, and so in First Maccabees uh, ten twenty five to twenty eight, it says, "King Demetrius to the nation of the Jews, greetings." Since you have kept your agreement with us and have continued your friendship with us and have not sided with our enemies, we have heard of it and rejoiced. Now continue still to keep faith with us or pistis with us, and we will repay you with good with good for what you do for us. We will grant you many immunities and give you gifts. Okay, Joe. Um, so my question about this word faith is like I look at. Uh, I can understand the definition that we're seeing of pistis with that scripture from Maccabees. My question is, you know, um, in scripture, do we see any other examples when faith is used? Because I can think of some different scriptures that talk about faith that aren't in the same context as um, as what we just heard from Maccabees. Um, so, you know, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, r- right offhand, if you were to read that, you would not think of quite the same definition that we just heard from Maccabees. Um, but because this is our second take on this, we both know that uh, the word is actually, it's pistis. When, when they're talking about faith here, they're using pistis. Well, how does that work? Um, so where it goes on, uh, it keeps going. And it says, uh, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Uh, the Greek word for seen is, I'm going to say biepo. Um, I haven't looked at it well enough to uh, be able to say, but that's what I'm seeing. Um, it's to have the faculty of sight, to see, to exercise sight. So that's more of like a physical sight of something, being able to see something physically. Um, and where this here, uh, the, the evidence of God isn't physical unless uh, you start getting into uh, Romans one twenty, where it talks about earth, like creation being uh, evidence of God. But um, in, in this, it's basically saying that um, it's not seen, but it's still the faith that's given to you is not seen by God, but it's still substantial and uh, substantiating your loyalty to God. Okay. Okay. So pistis is your favorite Greek word right now. Yep. And, and now we've kind of heard what it means and some examples of it and, and where you can look it up. Um, Joey actually tossed out a really great reference to me that uh, I would like to throw to you. If uh, you, the listener, are interested in looking at, you know, at the Bible and seeing the language that's written in, and uh, being able to see some of the original meanings for things. Now, I do want to say, and I will go on record and say, it is the Holy Spirit's job to lead us into truth as we open the word. Um, so do you have to have you know, courses in Greek and Hebrew and, and all that stuff to be able to understand and 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 read truth? No. Um, is it helpful? Yeah. Uh, can it add a greater depth to our understanding? Of course it can. Um, but just, just, I don't want someone to be like, because you've heard it before, you know, people will say, well, unless you have a course in this, then you don't really understand. Well, I'm sorry, but I know some people that are, you know, uh, junior high dropouts that have a better walk and understanding of spiritual things than I do. Um, but I say all that to lead you to uh, www.stepbible.org. Not a sponsor, but a great resource uh, for you. And you can look up different scriptures and you can click on words and it brings up the language that it was written in. And uh, and Joe, does it also do Hebrew? Um, or is this more of a Greek? I think this is more of a Greek, um, but 
net.bible.org does Greek and Hebrew. So if you go to the Old Testament, it'll bring up the Hebrew and New Testament will bring up the Greek. Okay, Joe, we understand now, um, you know, the word and some resources to look up some Greek and stuff, uh, but we still don't know why this is your favorite word. Why don't you lay it on us? Caden, don't you want to know? Sure. I like the enthusiasm. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> There's some good old enthusiasm there, isn't it, Joey? So much enthusiasm. Let's do it. Some might even say mucho enthusiasm. All right, Joe. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, no. No, <laughs> fellas. That's going to make the cut. So bring us back. Um, but yeah, uh, pistis is my favorite word just because it's um, faith is very much what our entire belief is based upon. Uh, John Calvin said in his book, Institutes, that um, the, the term sola fide, which is the Latin term for salvation by faith alone, um, is what... I forget exactly how he worded it, but it was basically that that's what uh, the Reformation hinges on is the idea of if you're saved by faith alone or by works alone um, or some amalgamation of the two. Um, and there's actually uh, James 2 uh, talks about that and you actually get a contrast of um, you get faith and works being put together. And you also see uh, what we were talking about earlier, the contrast of pistis faith um, contrasting from regular faith because the Greeks had a different word for the type of faith that we understand in our English term. Um, they use the word, uh, it's, it's rooted off of pistis. It's a uh, pistuo, which is basically, um, it's a cognitive belief of something. And that's in, uh, James two nineteen, I think, um, where James is saying like, Oh, you believe in, uh, God. Good. Even the demons believe in shudder. Um, and in that, where it says even the demons believe and shudder, the word believe comes from the word uh, pistuo, which if you if you say that just the cognitive belief of Jesus is enough to save you, then you're, contrast, you're contradicting scripture because you're saying that even the demons can be saved. But that's not the case. There's obviously more to it. And that's where pistis comes in, where it's like uh, allegiance to God and working for God. Um, and where we were talking about Hebrews 11, um, you, you have the hall of faith in Hebrews 11, where it talks about uh, how Abraham and uh, Abraham and I think Rahab gets mentioned um, and all those different heroes in the Bible were justified um, in their faith and credit as righteous through their works. Okay. So dude, well, there you go, listener. Uh, and you know who you are. Now, you know, Joey's favorite Greek word, the meaning behind it and why it's his favorite. Thanks, Joe, for uh, for sharing. Yeah, thank uh, you. Caden, what's your favorite Greek word? Don't know any. All right. I've always been a, a big fan of uh, pneuma, which is spirit. And, uh, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. You did a great job of going down that path. But if someone were to ask me my favorite Greek word, it would be pneuma. Brad, what's your favorite Greek word? Oh, it's pneuma. Why? Uh, well, you know... We'll get into that another time. I'd be happy to answer that. Um, also, I like feta cheese on my Greek salad. <laughs> All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the show where we are going to go to our not a sponsor break. Uh, that time where we let you know about something that does it better than anyone else. Nobody does it better. 
If you're like me, you've got different emails for all kinds of different things, whether it's work, your personal life, maybe something you volunteer for, and it's difficult to keep track of all of those. What about signatures for each individual one or all of the folders that you've put into everything? It's so difficult to have it all in one place. Well, no longer, listener, because I'm happy to announce to you Spark email client for iOS coming soon to Android. It's available on your Mac computer and coming soon to Windows PC. Love your email again with Spark email client. This thing does it all, puts it all in one nice place and package for you. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at helping me keep track of my emails than Spark. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, from that Not A Sponsor ad. We hope that you are as excited as we are about that. Now, it's time to get on with one of our Wesley questions. And these, if you remember, are one of the 20 questions that John and Charles Wesley and, and their accountability group would ask each other each time they met. And, uh, and the question that comes up today for us to have just conversation around is this. Do I give the Bible time to speak to me every day? So I guess some of the conversation could be why we think that is important or do we think that's important? Does the Bible say anything about itself in this regard? And why would you think that maybe this is something that, that we should be asking ourselves and our listeners? Well, I think that any time spent in scripture can potentially be a time that scripture can speak to you. Like it could take 30 minutes. It could take 30 seconds. So in my life, I don't certainly don't read my Bible enough, but when I do read it, I don't tend to typically read it for a long time, but I also read like my verse of the day that I get on my phone every morning. Mm -hmm. So there is the, the opening for that time, but it's still not much time, but God can, can work in many ways. So potentially it could... Potentially it could speak to me in that time, but I don't give it enough time, not nearly as much as I should. Thank you, Caden, for uh, for that honesty and vulnerability. Um, and just so you know, we're, we've all been there and um, it, it's difficult to like to carve out time uh, to, for us to read. I know, I, I wonder about do I give the Bible time to speak to me every day? Well, so if we're not reading our Bible every day, then already our answer is no. Uh, so let's start right there. You know, are we reading our Bible every day? I, I would hope so. It, I mean, it's our, I've heard the Bible described as an acronym, it, which is um, your basic instructions before leaving earth. So if, you know, it, if, now, Jesus was super clear and he was, te- he was talking to religious leaders that they searched the scriptures, you know, because for, uh, within them, they think they'll find life. But, but the reality is, is that life and salvation comes from Jesus, uh, not from this book in front of me. However, this is where Jesus also speaks to me and teaches me. So if, if I really believe what I say I believe, then I had better make sure that I'm, you know, up on what's in here. Um, I really wonder about the whole letting it speak to us. I think that there's something in that. What do you guys think? More to me, just maybe just to roll the ball on this. To me, that's more than just reading it. 
as like, I have my read, I have my reading plan on my phone. And some days I look at that and I go, I just need to make sure that I don't fall behind. So I'm just, I'm going through that. And then, you know, the check mark comes up on the end. I'm like, okay, reading done. Well, did I let the Bible speak to me? What's the difference? I think when you treat it like a chore, it becomes a chore. And in that it no, like it's no longer speaking to you. You're just doing it because you have to. Um, when we were at camp in, uh, in our small group, the, um, one of the guys that was there, we were talking, uh, I think we were talking about Elijah, uh, when he was just coming down from Mount Carmel. Um, and eventually we somehow ended up talking about, uh, first Chronicles, the entire, like the genealogy of first Chronicles one through, what is it? Nine chapters of just genealogy. Um, we got talking about that and he turned around and he's like, I've never like, why is this more fun than recess? Like how, like, how is this more fun than recess? And, um, I think a lot of people approach reading the Bible from the wrong perspective of, I have to read it because I have to, because I'm a Christian. When in reality, if I feel like we put too much emphasis on reading the Bible, sometimes, um, it's definitely important in our spiritual lives, but at the same time, um, when you look at cases like when Elijah came down from Mount Carmel, he did, uh, when he wanted to die, he laid down and he didn't start reading the scripture. He laid down and he listened to God. Um, and so I think in trying to force ourselves into reading the scriptures, we push ourselves away from it. And sometimes we, uh, we force ourselves to read and then we can get back into it. Um, but I think it's more important to be able to just set aside time and talk with God and listen to God. Um, Yes, the Bible is the living word of God, but God has a lot more to say to you than what's written in those books. No, I was just going to say that, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I think maybe, Joey, you and I have had this conversation before, that there are people that, that believe that God does not speak outside of this book and that that revelation from God cannot happen today <laughs> because when, when the canon was closed, that was basically it. Everything was there. Well, the reality is that, like you said, God speaks to us every day. Um, I, we tend to have this tendency to really fixate and focus on certain things. And, you know, if you were to look at churches right now that gather, what would you say is the main focal point of a service? I'd say probably the worship. Okay. Okay. Caden, what do you think? Well, I'm not quite sure like the sermon is what a lot of people come for but there's also a lot of people who come like for joey said like with the worship through the music right because that's what almost sets you up for the service it gets you to that place and i think you're right i think in in our churches we see that you know people will come because they got the wicked awesome worship band you know that or you know the speaker is really amazing and and the word is going out and all that um but what would happen if our churches, if the focal point, if the reason that we were coming was because of the presence of God, kind of like what you just said about, you know, Elijah, Elijah didn't go right to the, the word, laid down and spent time, you know, with God. But you also said it is our, the living word and it is important for us to be reading and taking time every day, you know, similar to prayer, uh, but we're talking about the Bible. So do I give the Bible time to speak to me every day? Um, I would encourage people that if they're struggling with, with getting, finding time, 
take a like take a verse, but let it speak to you. Let God speak in that verse instead of taking a whole stinking chapter or a reading plan and then going out the door and thinking you're good. Why not take one verse and let it let it come to you throughout the day, and then at the end of the day, look at that verse again and and see how God spoke to you in that. Gentlemen, anything else uh, that we could add to that? Let me, let me just ask, you know, do you think this is an important question to be asking ourselves for our own spiritual health? Very important. Very important. I would completely agree with that. Dare we ask, and Caden, you already answered this question. So I'm going to answer it for myself. Do I let the Bible speak to me every day? Yes and no. Uh, because there are days where I, I plop my headphones in and I, I let my Bible app speak to me. And I get the audio Bible, which I'm, I love. Um, and, but it's that it's like, oh shoot, I'm two days behind and I'm going through the book of Job right now. And, and, um, and all that. And so I'm listening to that and then it's trying to get through it. But you know what the, I find the issue is for me is when I plop my headphones in and put it on my phone, everything else still happens around me, like my kids and, and whatever else is going on. And I, I feel like because I've got those headphones in, I can continue to interact with what's going on around me when in reality I am, I am giving God, you know, kind of the cold shoulder being like, yeah, I'll let it, you know, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so just so you know, this is an audio medium, which means if you agree with something I'm saying, it helps for you to like vocalize it. Cause the people at home can't see your, both of your heads nodding in tandem. What, you can't I'm, hear I'm just a nod? To finish. No. Oh, <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> I'm no, done. I definitely agree. Um, I feel like, uh, we spend too much time either reading the Bible and not talking with God and listening to God or not reading the Bible and kicking ourselves for not reading the Bible or just not spending time with God. Um, and to me, that's one of the most important parts is being able to spend that time with God. Like there's not, I don't read my Bible every day. Like there's some days where I just miss it, which sucks. Or there's days where it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down and talk with God and just let God talk. And that's like, you need to have a balance of both talking, reading, and listening. Like, you can't pick and choose those parts of that relationship with God. You have to have a holistic um, relationship with Him. Yeah, and it's almost, it almost reminds me of, like, a classroom or something. Like, reading the Bible is when you're working on your textbook, and then listening to God is listening to the teacher say, so are you understanding mm -hmm. this? This is what you do, and it's almost like that. So you read the book to kind of get it in your head and get you thinking. And then God speaking after that is almost like, or even before, it doesn't matter before, after whatever is almost like a, almost like a recap. Sure. And for the love of Pearl, don't leave that education in the classroom. Take that out. Um, I think that that's a good, a good point, Joe. Um, so that's kind of on a more experiential level, you know, that we're talking about more, about our own priority for the word. I want to throw this out there to you for your consideration. We live in uh, what is what would be considered uh, a moral, pluralistic world right now, where, in other words, uh, moral relativism, in other words, people think morals, right or wrong, 
is up to the individual that I can decide what's right or wrong. You can decide what's right or wrong. And, and really at the end of the day, it's just, it's up to us. People say that until something happens to them. Did you ever notice that? Until something happens to you, you're not, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, no, whatever. Um, but what about where do we find that right or wrong? Where do we find the standard in, in, in the world? Because for a Christian that's growing up in the world today, they are being hit in school, in university, in the workforce, you know, all around from uh, this idea that if it feels good, do it, you know, if you're not hurting anybody, so what? And, you know, it, you know, just whatever it's, it's, you know, it's up to you. What do you, what do you guys think? Where are we going to find that answer? You know, the answer to this, Bible. Yeah. Our Bible. So to me, do I give the Bible time to speak to me every day? I think one of the reasons why it's so important that we allow scripture to speak into us is because God writes on our heart these things. There were things that I didn't know um, that were wrong until I started seeing it in scripture. Um, so, so yeah, is it important just let the Bible speak. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very important. Well, gentlemen, uh, we're wrapping up here. And so we want to end kind of with a few random questions from the interwebs as we do. This one comes from, again, I, I really spent some time on Yahoo. This one comes and I'm really looking just more for your thoughts. I'm 13 and I don't have a phone. Hey, so we are in 2018 for crying out loud. And guess what? I don't have a phone. No laptop, iPad, iPod, or any electronics. How are you writing this? Thank you. Sad face. Uh, what can I do to persuade my parents? Please, at school, I feel poor. I have to listen to my friends complain about how they want an iPhone 11 to come out because the 10 <laughs> is boring. I oh, mean, hello, I would be okay with an iPhone 4 as long as I don't have an iPhone. As long as I have an iPhone. I mean, either or. How to persuade a stubborn parent, tell me and thanks. FYI, I am not spoiled because I don't even own an Xbox or PlayStation or TV. If you think I am lying, then I get you. I would think I am lying too, especially in 2018. But like, thanks for reading and hope you can help. Thanks. Happy face. Well, Joey, you said it. How did he write this question on Yahoo Answers? iStone. He went through iStone. He went through everything that he doesn't have. And yet somehow he found his way to a very obscure corner of the internet to post his question. I like to imagine he typed this up in like the school library. Cause they have like the <laughs> yeah, desktops yeah, there yeah. and he's just like in the corner, furiously typing away. And the librarian's like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. No, the librarian's like quiet. And he's like, okay, I'm just typing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I picture that too. He's using a computer at the school. Very dark library too. I have a really good mental image of this. What, what does the, like, Okay, so we are in 2018 for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. And then later he references the fact that I would think I'm lying to, especially in 2018. So is there something about this year that I don't know about? It's current year. 
you can't trust anyone anymore. So that's I'd, the strongest argument. These I days. think some people are lying because you can't trust them. Seriously. Like, what was the What was the year where people died and they're like, oh, 2016 was 17, it? Because David Bowie died and Alan Rickman. 2017 man. strikes again. I have news for people. People are going to die every year. <gasps> yeah, remember we went through that and you're like, Caden, someone is going to die tomorrow. <laughs> Whoa, I do not remember that. Yeah, you, Although, yeah, we were all joking about that. It said, do you realize that someone is going to die tomorrow? Someone oh, just died right now. So, yeah, Guys, guys, guys. The um, impending fear of death. I was keeping me up. It's back uh, again. Oh, brother. Uh, okay. Um, well, yeah, we don't have an answer for you. Do you think that person should have a phone? No. Pa- parent, listen. Do not get that kid a phone until they get a job. You know what I don't see in here? I don't see that kid going, I have a job. They're 13 years old, so they probably shouldn't. But I was working at 15 to pay for stuff. So you know what? Uh, my rule, if you can afford it, you can have it. No, that's not my rule. My rule is if you can afford it and I allow it, you can have it. It's your money. Spend it how you want. Oh, my word. <laughs> I say that one time. Uh, so, gentlemen, as we do, as we wrap up the episode, we're looking for some music recommendations. Now, Caden, I know that music is your jam. Uh, and Too Joey, I know butter. that... I know that you get controversial when we talk about music <laughs> and the last time you were on, you kind of tossed the church under the bus and that was fun. It happens to the best uh, of us. Um, but Caden, I'm looking at you right now. And then Joey, I'll ask you, could you give us a music recommendation for the people out there? Doesn't necessarily need to be what you're listening to right at this moment, but something to encourage the people or some, some artist you could send them to. Um, well, I've been listening to a lot of theocracy lately. Okay. And I really like them. We've heard about them. Yes, you have. And then just other worship bands. Newsboys is really good. And then there's actually this guy's name is Jacob Moon, and he has a group oh, yeah. called the Commissionaires. And they kind of have like some Christian themes to their songs, and it's almost like a, a blues style. It's really cool music. I like it. Okay. So check out them too. All right. Theocracy. Newsboys, Jacob Moon. We've yeah, met Jacob and Moon. A whole bunch of other stuff, but oh, there's some nice guy. big ones I can think of. Yes, he is a nice guy. Nice guy. Um, maybe a sponsor. Jacob, are you listening? Uh, can we please okay. get him as a sponsor? Okay, Joey, it's time for you to text your mom. Not yet. It's time for you to text your mom. Oh, okay. And while you're texting your mom, why don't you give us the music recommendation? You're not going to like me for this? Can you do two things at once? I sure can. Um, you're not going to like me for this, but I've been listening to a lot of, uh, casting crowns lately. Yay. Listen, good for you. They're not my jam. I know people enjoy them. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of theocracy too. So I just needed a change of pace. So casting you crowns. You could not have picked a more change <laughs> for that, yeah, is for that change. pace. That's a total <laughs> different gate to that walk. Yeah. You just went from like. Power walking, head banging to I don't know what. Just a smooth, jazzy jaunt. A smooth, no jazzy jaunt. <laughs> Compared oh. to theocracy, maybe. But. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll see if this episode actually airs. And uh, listener, make sure that you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Oxford Holy Club. Remember to send in your questions to our email, OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. And if you uh, just want to reach out, let us know, you know what you thought of the show. Please make sure that you uh, do rate and review. It helps get our podcast out there. And, uh, and tell a friend about it. Get them to subscribe. Take their phone. I'm in the habit of 
of asking people just to see their phones for a second opening their podcast app, searching as quick as I can for my podcast and clicking subscribe and never telling them. Um, so they may or may not be listening, but tell your friend to subscribe. So until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.